Painful periods are something women suffer through every month. Whether they find relief in exercise, heating pads, ibuprofen, or a pint of ice cream, for some, the pain is plain agonizing. So is this normal? For one in 10 women, the answer is no. This is Gina DiPietro with Healthy Headlines. In this podcast, Kristen Barnhart sits down with Dr. Jed Shorts of Novant Health Gynecologic Surgery and Pelvic Pain to discuss endometriosis a severe and painful condition in women. Learn about the typical symptoms, treatment options, and how to talk to your doctor if you think you might have it. You can find stories like this and hundreds of others by searching Novant Health and Healthy Headlines. Thanks for listening. So what is endometriosis? So the simple way that I try to describe what endometriosis is, it's a chronic it's a chronic inflammatory sort of a condition that's hormonally mediated in generally speaking reproductive aged women and it often leads to symptoms such as chronic pelvic pain or painful menstrual cycles and in some cases even infertility. Is it hereditary? Who gets it? There's some, there's some I would say mild correlations where you can see it occur in um, families where I have a lot of patients whose mother may have suffered from it or do have a sister. Is there direct links to family or genetics? That's still kind of um, research is out there studying these sorts of things. Um, pe- women who get it is, is women of reproductive age. Um, the way we think it really occurs, the simple way we describe what happens is if you take a look at what the uterus is, the uterus is one big muscle, right? Inside there's a cavity, right? The cavity is where the baby grows when a woman is pregnant. And inside that cavity is a lining called the endometrium. That's what a woman sheds every month when she has her period. So there's a lot of different thoughts on how endometriosis occurs, but the most common thought is actually that when a woman has her period, most of that blood in that endometrium, it'll shed, it'll come out vaginally, but some of it'll actually backflow through the fallopian tubes, which are patent, right? They almost look like little tunnels, think about it, right? and the blood and that endometrium will pour inside into the pelvis a little bit um, with each cycle. Now, probably what we think is there's some immune component to this as well, is what studies are more and more information is coming out. And we're still learning tons and tons more about endometriosis. And the thought is probably in women who don't suffer from endometriosis, that little bit of blood and tissue that spills back through the fallopian tubes, the immune system clears it. The body resorbs it and it goes away. In women who do suffer from endometriosis, that tissue, that blood, that, that endometrium sticks around inside the pelvis and on the, the, the lining or the, the surface within the pelvis, inside the body, inside the body cavity, or even attaches to other structures um, like the intestines or the bladder or on the uterus itself or the ovaries or the fallopian tubes. And what happens over time is that <clears throat> um, it causes this chronic inflammation and it can cause pain and scar tissue. Um, the way that endometriosis functions is why I say it's hormonally mediated. It means that the same as your hormones, primarily estrogen and progesterone, control a period and control your menstrual cycle, estrogen, and it's really estrogen that's kind of the driving force for endometriosis making it symptomatic. The same as 
it's the one of the driving forces for a period. Progesterone actually we often use as a treatment because it kind of what we say is suppresses or quiets that that hormonal cycle when you're on it continuously. And you mentioned um, pain as a common symptom, mm -hmm. but what's the difference between that kind of pain and period pain? I would say this. Pain is very subjective, and pe people from patient to patient pain tolerance is very subjective, right? Um, the simplest way I would gauge it is I would say, if you're having painful cycles where it's you're missing multiple days of school for a, a young woman or multiple days of work, you're, you're laid out you know, for a week, it's unbearable, you're not getting any kind of control with any kind of pain relief. Um, Really, it's affecting your it's affecting your daily life, right? Your daily activities right. for continuous for continuous days. That that's a good gauge. Now, does it mean that you're necessarily going to have it? No, but it's one of the things that we need to think about and look for, um, and pay attention to and consider because that if it's affecting you like that, that's a good gauge, right? Right. And you, in addition to pelvic pain, what are some other symptoms that people should be aware of that might might make them suspect they have endometriosis. So we always talk about pain with your cycle and pain with periods, but also regular chronic pelvic pain that can be mid-cycle, mid-ovulatory pain, or pain that you just have, let's say, more days out of the, out of the, the, the week, more, day, more weeks out of the month, right? Um, you know, makes us a little bit more suspicious for that sort of uh, condition. Um, as I mentioned before, infertility, right, can be a sign. Um, and we often see it with certain kinds of infertility workup. Um, some women will show or have uh, bleeding that can be what we say bleeding or blood that's associated with their stools or blood that's associated with their urine. We can see those things for other reasons outside of endometriosis, but when you see it and it can be around a more sort of cyclic nature, um, coupled in the timing with your cycles or some of the other symptoms that we talk about. And what are some treatment options for women who have that conversation with their doctor and they do suspect that they do have endometriosis? So one, so endometriosis, there aren't great tests, let's say. Um, sometimes there's certain, certain imaging, you can sometimes see it on an ultrasound if it's affecting the ovary and you have what's called like a cyst of endometriosis um, in the ovary, or sometimes if you have more advanced invasive endometriosis, we may see it on an MRI study, sometimes can be helpful, but there's not great tests. So the first thing that I say is really the way that we diagnose, to truly diagnose, and not that you have to have this to start treatment options available for you, but the only way that we truly can diagnose endometriosis is doing a surgery called laparoscopy, where we do a minimally invasive surgery and we place a, a camera inside the belly and we can look around and actually see if we see endometriosis. And the benefit there is we can also biopsy it, confirm that it is there, and remove or resect, surgically remove any of the lesions. So one treatment option is one, to diagnose it, right? And then two, at that same time, we can resect or remove these, these lesions surgically. Um, Another surgical alternative is sometimes what we'll do is we'll actually, in cases of patients who are done desiring future fertility, um, we can do a hysterectomy procedure. can be beneficial, you know, and, and help with some symptoms related to endometriosis. Not all, I won't say all, but some symptoms. It's really a condition that I say you need to medically treat and surgically treat. It's sort of combined is the best treatment, and when we talk about medical treatments, 
we talk about, generally speaking, we're talking about hormonal treatments and medications to suppress a period, suppress a hormonal cycle, and that can go from anywhere from regular birth control pills like you would take, and most women are familiar with, that have estrogen and progesterone in it, to pills that are just progesterone by itself, to some other medications um, that affect the hormonal cycle, and essentially, the simple way is to kind of describe that it puts the patient into a postmenopausal state. And does endometriosis ever go away? Does it go away? I would say that once you meet, reach a postmenopausal state, um, generally speaking, right, because it's it's estrogen that's stimulating endometriosis. I guess you can call that a period where it may may have gone away. Um, you know, there may be in a lot of patients who suffer from endometriosis, you can have other secondary kind of pelvic pain conditions that can manifest, some of it maybe muscular skeletal, right, even, that it can continue later in life. But generally, I would say when you uh, reach a postmenopausal state, that's kind of when you're not producing estrogen. So um, I would say that endometriosis is in a quiescent state. There's some rare, very rare atypical cases where you can have some postmenopausal women who still suffer from endometriosis because they may still have estrogen, a source of estrogen somewhere in their body. And you mentioned infertility was a common indicator that there might be mm -hmm. some endometrial tissue present. So does that mean endometriosis always means that you're always, I mean, you're going to have a trouble getting pregnant. Not always. And I always caution this. I will say, you know, um, I have a lot of patients that have no problem getting pregnant. And they, again, they're the patients that may have never even known that they had endometriosis and then found it at a later time. And then I do have those that even ha may have mild um, disease and can have some issues getting pregnant. So it really varies. Um, you know, it doesn't mean, it does not mean that you're not going to be able to get pregnant. It doesn't mean that, especially if you seek help from an infertility specialist in those cases, that you're, you're doomed and you're not going to get pregnant. Absolutely not. You know, um, you could certainly be successful in, 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 from a fertility standpoint. What is your advice for patients who feel that their doctor is not listening about their pain or taking their pain seriously? Um... I think that uh, for patients, you know, hopefully that's not the case, um, or not very often the case. I think it's a, it, in those scenarios, you want to bring it up to your doctor, um, whether it be your primary care doctor, your OBGYN, um, you want to be persistent in talking about it. Um, there's a lot of information about endometriosis out there now. Um, it's even worthwhile to say, hey, I'm concerned I have this. Does this sound like something that could be going on? And certainly there are people who now kind of specialize in this and they're out there. Um, speaking for myself, another minimally invasive uh, GYN specialist who uh, go through extra fellowship training, specialty training in minimally invasive GYN surgery. And also coupled with that is often uh, the treatment both surgically and even in, in a lot of cases medically for endometriosis. Um, you know, so so there are those who are a little more comfortable or specialized in it who are out there and it's just, you know, using your resources to seek out where those doctors are and, you know, if you find them, asking your primary doctors to say, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Does it sound like this? Do I need to see somebody like this maybe?
And I think it's just very important for women to like know their bodies and right. know, hey, like this is ne- a period has never felt like I, this before. I tell the tell this is a sign. I tell people nobody wants to go to the doctor. Nobody wants to go to the emergency room. Nobody likes it. It's not a pleasurable experience for anybody. So, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, if you if you're feeling something and you're you're having to go to the emergency room for pain or you're in pain, it's there. You know, you, you know, you, you're going to your doctor for a reason. So. Um, you know that that's be persistent be an advocate for yourself and uh certainly find out find the treatment that you need well thanks for sitting down to talk about endometriosis i really appreciate it thank you it was a pleasure gina DePietro again so on average women go six to eight years between their first symptom and getting diagnosed with endometriosis If any of these symptoms Dr. Shorts mentioned sound familiar, talk with a doctor. Don't wait to speak up. The goal is to empower women to be an advocate for their care and understand their options for endometriosis. Thanks for listening to this episode of Healthy Headlines. Don't forget to rate us, review us, and subscribe to this and all the Novant Health podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you choose to listen.